What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. So we're just going to read our foundation text today. Then we'll pick up with where we left off on last week. All of these notes can be found right in the YouVersion Bible app. If you're watching online, they're also right there in the church online platform. Uh, and so however you're watching, follow along with the notes. We want to welcome all of our first-time viewers, anyone viewing for the first time. We have content today for the entire family. We have it for your little Linkland kids, linked-up kids. We have it for the plug. So follow along today so your entire family can be blessed. Let's look at our foundation text in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading out of the Amplified, verses 8 through 10. And then I'm just going to pick up where we left off on last week. For it says in verse 8, for it is by grace God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved. So we've been saved. That's a little paradigm shift. It's slight, but we've been saved by grace, not by faith. Is everybody clear on that? Right? There's a big difference to that. If we flip that around and say that we're saved by faith, then it's something we did to acquire it. The fact that we're saved by grace means it was nothing that we, would, we did but respond to what he already provided. So it says, we have been saved by grace, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. So it's saved by grace through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort. So just think about that. If you didn't acquire this through your own effort to get saved, which is the most difficult thing he's ever done for you, then why would you have to work to get healed? That's right. Why would you have to work to get anything else in your life if the most difficult thing that you had to receive was your salvation and you didn't have to work for that? Then we've got to understand that everything else flows the exact same way. And then he reiterates, and this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works for your, or your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. So how many of you know, I'm saved because God is good. I'm not saved because I'm good. We just got to sing a song, right? Yeah. I love him because he first loved Love me. me. If God heals me, it's not because I did something right. Hello, somebody. I mean, it's because Jesus did something right and I responded correctly to it. Right. I just want us to lock that in. Let's keep reading. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set. And we know that those paths are going to be found in the Word of God. There's a path for marriage. There's a path for raising kids. There's a path for how to handle your money. I mean, no, he set paths for us to walk in. The issue is not, is God doing his part? The issue is, are we doing our part? And are we on the right path? Because when we are, it says, we will walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made 
ready for us. There is a good life for every child of God that he prearranged, but it is only on the path that he set for our lives. And so when our lives aren't going in the right direction, check the path that you're on. That's right. That's right. And never, ever consider, is God wrong in that situation? Always look at yourself and say, am I on his path for this relationship? <clears throat> am I on this path in my finances? Am I on his path for my career, my occupation? Have I taken enough time to find out what his purpose is for my life? And now am I on the path towards pursuing that? Now, Number one was faith responds by not trying to do what God has already done. Letter A, are you trying to be justified by your works? Let's pick up with letter B, which is where we left off on last week. Have you been crucified with Christ? I am asking that question today. Have you been crucified with Christ? Yes or no? It's okay to respond in here. I can't see your mouth because you all had those masks on. So you could have said it, but I couldn't see it. So I need to hear it today. Have you been crucified with Christ? Online, have you been crucified with Christ? All right, let's get into this to kind of see what that actually means. And we don't look at faith responding this way, but this is exactly the way faith should respond. Let's look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. I won't spend a lot of time because I got into that a little bit on last week. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, well, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are placed in Christ, okay? That moment happens when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal, personal Lord and Savior. It says he is or she is a new creation. So how many of you know nothing really changes on the outside? You know, again, I, I'm reminded when I first got saved, I thought I was going to get a new job the next day. I just thought everything would be fixed the next day. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. I just thought my life was just getting ready to be, and actually it was the direct opposite. It, it really, in the natural, got worse. And so right away, God was teaching me, and which I'm going to introduce you this today, to start dying to the stuff that I was trusting in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and placing more value in my personal growth and development. That's right. All right, let's keep reading here. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He has a new nature on the inside. Old things have passed away. That's past tense. So that old nature has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you look up the phrase become new, it's really talking about fresh, new. It's talking about you don't have to go back to who you used to be while still growing into what you want to be. That's right. Is everybody clear on that? You all clear on that online? So many times we vacillate between the two. There was enough power at salvation to kill everything in your life that's not like God. Right? And we don't have to return back to it. But what we have to do is continue to grow and develop in our personal relationship with God. Let's look at so, some complementary scriptures. So to, just to simplify or just to reiterate what you're saying then and process it, we, be, we are spiritually regenerated. The spirit man, who you are, you're not this body. 
You're not this body. You're not this flesh and blood. You're, you're not even all your bundles of emotions. You are spirit man. Mm -hmm. And when you become, a, when you are born again, he says your spirit man is placed in Christ. When you think of in, that means you're surrounded by something that's different. So your spirit man now is surrounded by the anointing. Your spirit man is now surrounded by grace. Your spirit man is surrounded by ex exponential mercy. It's submerged in it. But guess what? Your flesh does not become born again. And that's the vacillation that Pastor Gregory was just talking about. We think that our flesh is supposed to all of a sudden just, just, just go numb. We think that our flesh is just, it's just, it's just, it's just been inoculated and we're just, it just doesn't feel. But I can attest, I became born again and my flesh was still very much alive. No question about it. I didn't even leave the altar. I got home and realized, man, oh, this thing is still what it, it was. It, it's alive, and it has a mind of its own. I need for you to remember, when we get to heaven, there's no color. There's no race. Right. There's no jurisdiction. There is no ghetto in heaven. That's not what Tupac said. <laughs> Let's get back to the message. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Have you been crucified with Christ? We're talking about how faith responds. Galatians 5, 24, Paul writing here to the church at Galatia, he said, keep in mind that we belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. Everyone that has given their life to Jesus Christ, has already experienced, that's a key word there, mm -hmm. crucifixion. Well, when did we experience crucifixion? The moment we gave our lives to Christ, how many know now we've got to die to hanging out? Got to die to self. We've got to die to self. We have to die to relationships the way we knew them. We have to die to friends that are no longer healthy for us to hang around. How I many you know that's the process that we are to be on, the journey that we are to be on for the rest of our lives? He says, we've already experienced it. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. Mm. And so if we'll put our faith in that, then how I many know I can stop doing whatever is in my life that didn't come from him? If I believe it was nailed to the cross with him. And there was enough power in that experience. I mean, we make it real deep about sex and all the rest of it. I know you can control eating. Mm. <laughs> a lot of times it's not really that deep. Food does not have authority over you. That's right. I mean, your appetite was crucified on that cross if you'll put your faith in it. That's right. And your spirit, man, will control your appetite. I mean, that's a form of crucifixion when you want something and your spirit, man, says, no, that's not good for you. And you obey that. Okay, let's keep reading. You know, I love what you said the la last week, babe, when you were talking about that. The reason why we don't, because the spirit man has the power All to day, keep every that day. flesh down. Mm -hmm. But when you were talking about cussing. I just about, didn't want to stop cussing. Just didn't want to. Felt good. <laughs> I mean, no, cussing is like authority. You put a cuss word on it, it's like in the natural, putting, in the spirit realm, putting in Jesus' name on something. You know, when we pray and we put in Jesus' name on, how I many know we mean that? But boy, when you cuss at somebody, how I many know now you know? I mean that because I said that. Right or wrong? 
right? And it has that same thing. So I, I learned early on that the things that I stopped doing was because I wanted to. The things that I kept doing was because I wanted to keep doing but the same power was available in both situations. That's right. That's I just put my faith in one and didn't put my faith in the that's other. That's the key. I mean, I still wanted to cuss. Oh, I'm not getting nothing in the room. Say something to me online. Let me hear you through the waves, the airwaves right now. That's right. Let's keep reading here. So it was put to death on the cross and crucified. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Again, reading out of the Passion Translation, notice what Paul says here. My only boast is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. He said, in him I have been crucified to this natural realm. And the natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my life. Mm. Now, when I think about something dominating my life, of course, I have to speak from my own experience. I can tell you the weekend started when I was in college on Thursday. Yeah, that's true. Okay, see, I, I feel like I'm just... And, and, and so what dominated me was the preparation for the weekend, which started on Thursday. Right, and, and I was the ringleader in all that. I, I would go around to, to the rooms and ask the question, are you thinking or are you drinking this weekend? Because if you're thinking, we don't need to be together. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? And how many know the, all of it ran together? The drinking was so that I could act like something different than what I was when I got to the club. All right, let's just keep going. Paul said here, the natural realm is dead to me. So now all of a sudden, I give my life to Christ. I mean, you know, I'm a natural creature that was used to doing wrong things. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to show you how you die daily. Now all of a sudden, I say to God that I've been crucified with you, and the next time I sleep with someone will be my wife on our wedding night. I mean, you know, if I don't crucify that every day, I don't last eight years that way. Right. Because my flesh woke up the same way every single day. What are we doing today? And where are we doing it? And my flesh never got renewed. And it still isn't to this day if I don't get up every single day and put that on the cross and crucify it. Right? I can speak that about a lot of different areas of my life. And because I know they're still present, I know they're still alive in my flesh. How I many know I have to allow my spirit to crucify those daily? Right. So Paul said it no longer dominates my life. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Paul says it another way. Notice Paul is the writer of all of these accounts. Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to start reading at verse 7, but I want to show you all something here. It is so easy for us throughout the course of our life to have more confidence in our flesh. What I mean by that, our life accomplishments than we do in God. Mm. So much so that we don't even consider God when we apply for jobs, when we change careers, when we, we're just doing it because we have confidence that we know what we're doing, mm. right? Paul spoke to this in Galatians or Philippians chapter 3. I'm only, I'm, I'm starting at verse 7, but if you'll read back, it'll help you understand verse 7. Paul said here, for though I should have confidence in the flesh, he said, I will have no confidence in the flesh. He says, I will rejoice in Christ Jesus, but I'll have no confidence in my flesh. Now, what he's describing here as his flesh is his life accomplishments. Mm -hmm. In verse 4, he said, though I might have confidence in the flesh, 
If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more. And then he goes on to list all of his worldly accomplishments. He talks about circumcised the eighth day. He's, man, listen, I'm from the stock of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. I knew it frontwards and backwards. He said, concerning zeal, what? I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, which is of the law, I was blameless. So Paul said, if anyone had a right to have confidence in all the letters behind their name, it was me. And look what he goes on to say in verse 7. And folks, this is how faith responds. I'm telling you right now, one word from God is greater than every degree that you have. That's right. That's right. Oh, I need a little better amen in this place. I'm talking about one direction from God is greater than 30 years of experience on your job. Look at what he said here in verse 7. He says, but what things were gained to me? And you look up that word gain, it literally means lucre. So he's talking about what things were profit to me, things that allow me to make money. He said, what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Now, he didn't say he lost them. He said he considered them lost for Christ. That's why you don't need to lose your degrees, lose your income, lose your success in life. You just need to keep it in perspective. That's right. That's right. He goes on to say in verse 8 here, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellency or the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might what? Gain Christ. Now, that's interesting there, that he's comparing learning about Christ and having a relationship with him far more valuable than all of his life accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Come on, I need a little better amen in the room today, right? And we're talking about how faith responds. The moment you trust in that, then you'll get yourself as far as you can take you. That's right. But the moment you put all your faith in him, he'll take all of your life accomplishments and multiply them far beyond what you can ever imagine, think, or dream of because you kept it in perspective. You said, God, the only reason I have a degree is because you're good. God, everything that I've accomplished in your life is because you put me in position to accomplish these things. All right? That's all Paul is saying here. He says, and being not found in him, having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. Now, we don't like these words right here. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Yes. See, we don't want to go through stuff so that we can come out better on the other side. But how many you know the only way to really have some level of testimony is to go through a test? So Paul said, this is what it's all about for me is that I may know him, that I might understand him and the miraculous ability of his resurrection. Then he uses this word, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh, we don't like that one right there. That word fellowship means partnership. See, in order to be a partner with someone, I mean, we got to go through the same things together. 
That's right. That's right. In order for us to be partners, that word also means intercourse. How many know in this marriage partnership, we have intercourse, and there's no greater oneness in the marriage union than when we come together as one. Now we are one in name, aim, purpose. We are sharing everything that we are with each other in the most intimate way. So, and, and so he's literally saying, if you want to get to know me in a real intimate way, then you got to go through some of the stuff I went through. So oh, gee. I love the entire context of what you just read in Philippians chapter 3 because he says, I count, I mean, my lineage is sure, my legacy is sure, my education is sure, my accomplishments are sure, my energy is sure. I mean, I've been successful everywhere that I've gone. But he says, I counted all loss. So in other words, all that stuff that I knew, I counted as nothing so that I can know Christ and the power of his resurrection. So not that he minimized it, um, um, uh, not, not that he just threw it out, but it didn't supersede. The, his knowledge of Christ was the pursuit now. That was greater. That was greater than all of his accomplishments. Because, see, you're responsible for what you do. Amen. Right? right? We were just talking about that in my Connect group this past week. We, that which we control, we're responsible for maintaining. That's right. And it's when we get to the end of us and allow God to be who he is that we experience the power of his resurrection, mm -hmm. especially when we're able to endure the sufferings that, 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 that comes with that faith. And stay right there because what we're getting ready to build here is you can't be like him until you go through some of the stuff he went through. Mm. And we don't like to hear this, folks, but the reality is to be one with him is to experience what he experienced. And it is a badge of honor. If you're going through something right now, wear it as a badge of honor. Yep. That you are identifying with the sufferings of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. Folks, and just like God brought him out on the other side, brought him out on the other side, guess what? You're coming out like gold This also. too shall pass. Let's keep going here because I, I want you to catch this, right? So he says here, all Paul wanted to do was really know him. He wanted to know the power of his resurrection. He wanted to know and fellowship in his sufferings. That word sufferings means something undergone. That is hardship or pain. That means for every human being that has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, at some point over the course of your life, you will endure hardship. You will endure pain. No amens. One amen. Right? And it's a good thing, folks. Watch this, right? Hardships or pain being conformed. Watch this. To assimilate or to render like to his death. So now I understand fully what Paul is talking about. Seems like when I gave my life to Christ, my inward man was growing every day. But how many know what I was experiencing the natural man was tough. It was pain. I was going through hardship. But what was happening is God was allowing all of that stuff to be killed, to die off of my life. Come on, somebody. He is changing my friend group. He has put me in a different environment. And it is tough when you go through transformation and you're changing out of one lifestyle to another lifestyle. 
but it is so worth it at the end because you get to come out of it every single day looking more like Christ. The problem is we've been looking for the money, the gold, the jobs, the career, and we think that makes us look like Christ. Folks, he's already provided all of those things. What makes you look like, look like Christ is when your life is reflective of his, when his glory is shining on you, when you pray for people and they get healed. That's what makes you like Christ. And sometimes, God, life allows us to go through things to kill off the stuff that doesn't need to be there. So See, when money is in the wrong place, I mean, oh, I'm probably going to have a money trial. So then, this, this is so good. Cause so then, in order to grow in the Spirit, you are going to have to suffer things in the flesh. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. I mean, I, can, can I just be transparent for a moment? That I was just confessing my faults one to another in my connect group. And I was, you know, that there was a question that was asked in there. Sometimes I just don't want to crucify my flesh at 530 in the morning. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get up. Y'all like, dog, Pastor Trish. Right? Just as something as simple as that. Not getting up when we know we need to get up to spend that time that we had committed to spend the night before is a failure to crucify that flesh. So good. Last thing he says in that verse, verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So now we can see what his greatest life goal was, was to get to the end and have eternity waiting on him. Folks, we are literally living to die so that we can live again. Yeah, that's oh, good. Somebody ought to thank that's God good. for that. That's good. Which means we've got to die today so that we can live forever. Oh, somebody ought to write that down. Somebody ought to catch that. It means we've got to die today so that we can live forever. Last verse, and then I'm going to turn this right over to you. First Peter chapter 4, 12 and 13. Now, I believe I picked up something in the Spirit while praying this morning. And that there are people that are going through tough times right now. Tough times in their marriage, tough times financially, tough, tough times in their career, their jobs. I mean, you know, life has hit all of us right now. No, none of us, you know, woke up in February and said, man, we won't be able to go to church for the next eight months. None of us in the natural saw this coming. And it has changed the course of our lives. And some of you all, some watching right now, maybe some in this room, for some of you all, that's been tough. But I want you to wear it like a badge of honor because God is allowing you to identify with the sufferings of his son. And if you identify with the sufferings of his son and you respond right in faith, you'll come out better yes. than, than the way that yes. you went in. Yes. And I want you to put all your confidence and your stock in that today. First Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which comes to try you. Somebody say, try me? Say, don't think it's strange. See, you're saying, why me? I'm saying, why not you? That's right. You are the perfect person to show the world how to go through something like this and come out not even smelling like smoke. Come on, somebody. How I many know oh, God knows what you can handle? It's in your lap because you're getting ready to knock all of the devil's teeth out. Man, he should have never came to your doorway in the first place. No, he said, don't think it's strange concerning the calamity, the fiery towel, 
trial, the calamity or test, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Now, this is not something we normally do when sudden destruction and tests and trials hit our lives. But the scripture says, but rejoice. Yes, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father, for being faithful. I pray that people are rejoicing online right now because nobody caught that in this room. I'm talking about it's not a natural human behavior that when sudden calamity and a test and a trial hits my life to say glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But that is exactly the way faith responds when calamity shows up at the door. Literally says, but rejoice. It means rejoice means to be full of cheer to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory, his dignity, his honor is apparent, it is revealed, it manifests, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Mm. So what he's saying here that when, when, when the manifestation of what you're believing God for in the test or trial shows up, now that joy that you had is going to turn into exceeding joy. You know what exceeding joy means? It means to rejoice greatly. It means to jump for joy. And I just believe somebody in this room, somebody watching online, Man, for all the hell you're going through right now, your faith needs to respond in such a way and in such a big way that you are going to demonstrate by exceeding rejoicing and jumping for joy that you know God has already delivered you. He's already healed you. He's already brought you out. He's already fixed the marriage. He's already brought the finances in. That's He's right, already right. correct the business Hallelujah. with the job. He already has a better job waiting on you. That's it right. is your time to demonstrate to heaven and to demonstrate to God that you are not down. You are simply getting ready to come up greater than you've ever come in your life. Praise team, come on right now and give us something that fits right there. Come on, show heaven that you know God is on your side. Come on, don't wait for the song. If you know you've already got joy, let's overflow in this place. Come on, let's overflow in this place. If you know it's already done, lift up your praise. Begin to bless the Lord. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me will bless his holy name. Somebody begin to command your soul. Somebody online begin to command your soul to bless the Lord. Come on, let's bless the Lord in this house. I still see some folks sitting down. Let's bless the Lord in this place. Yeah. He's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. Come on, let's say together. Bless the Lord.
you already at home. You got all the space you need. But there's a body of believers in this place. You can't allow the fact that you have a mask to keep you from praising God. See, we built in space for you to have three seats to your right and three seats to your left. So if you've got space, I need you to start filling that atmosphere with praise. Come on, let's lift it up in this place. Don't hold back. Let's go. My praise is a weapon. of God we are frustrating what he has already how many of you have been frustrated and I mean so, somebody just keep doing you know if you have a friend all of us have had a friend and or been that friend that keep talking about the same problem over and over and over 
And if you were that friend, at some point we all was that friend. Or if you have a friend like that, you get tired of telling them the right thing to do for the 22,647th time. And after a while, you know, you like, you know what? Figure it out. But when God has already given you the answer, when our God has already said that my promises are yes and amen, when God has said, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, you don't want to frustrate the, the, the grace of God. You want to be on your praise pedestal and let, remind yourself and remind the enemy and remind the circumstance and remind your flesh that I win in the end. Amen? Amen. Now, now listen up, listen up. How many of you know sometimes the Spirit of God, he'll come in waves? Right, how many of y'all believe God has already delivered you? How many of y'all believe he's already brought you out? So this time, I want your praise to match the level of what you believe, the level you believe he's brought you out at, okay? So I want your praise to match that level, okay? Bring that back a little bit. Bring that back. Here we go, we say hallelujah. that folks see I know you all don't think we go through stuff but man we go through stuff just like you all go through stuff and man I've had a monkey on my back for a long time that I'm not getting ready to share about share publicly but I know that monkey just fell off my shoulder right there 
Man, I needed that, man. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. I want you all to do me a favor. You can do it in the service. You can do it online. I just want you to type in, I win. Yes. I win. See, we're not trying to win, folks. We've already won. And faith will respond to a calamity. Faith will respond to a trial that way every single time. Faith will never say, why did you allow this to happen, God? Faith will never say, what did I do wrong? Faith will simply rejoice and give God glory that this trial shall come to pass. Glory to God. Amen. Because you know how much God loves you. Let's lift our hands and let's just begin Hallelujah. to worship the Father. You can yes. segue right Hallelujah. into the God is faithful. Yes, he is. And he delights in showing mercy. Yes, he does. He does. He delights in being glorified in our lives. He delights in winning one, two, five billion, seven billion times. Amen. You know, I was in my prayer closet not knowing how things were going to go this morning. And, and the Lord just dropped some things into my spirit. And I told my husband I had some things. And I believe that the stage was set. You know, Psalms 84, as we are now winding down and ending service, as we are examining our hearts and our attitudes, as we are evaluating the power of his resurrection in our lives. Psalms 84, 11 and 12 says, For the Lord is a son, S-U-N. In other words, he is a sustainer and a life giver. And a shield, he is a protector and a covering. The Lord will give grace, unearned and undeserved favor and gifts and glory. He will give you glory. He's not just interested in glory upon himself because he realizes that I can't be glorified unless they are glorified. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk, live, act, and behave uprightly. He's not looking for you to be perfect, but he's looking for your sincere pursuit of the truth. That's what uprightly means, the sincere pursuit of truth. O oh Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. It's one thing to believe in God. It's one thing to say that heaven is your home. But how many of you know that life will remind us of how much our flesh and society does not want us to trust in God. But he says, blessed is the man who trusts in God. So I, have, I submit a question to you online and in this room. While you are examining your hearts and your position in Christ, who do you trust? Have you lived life trusting in yourself, trusting in mama, trusting in daddy, trusting in grandma, trusting in pop-pop, trusting in your education, trusting in your success, trusting in your spouse. Let's look at life. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Yeah. And I believe he used the word Lord there on purpose, not God, the creator but trust in the Lord as in master Elohim. and supreme authority. Yeah. Matthew chapter 11, Matthew pins the words of Jesus. When Jesus says, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, Matthew 11:28 28 through 30, he says, are you weary, 
Are you tired? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Does it just seem like it's just tough? It's hard. Then come to me and I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life. We're talking about that, that connection. Join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle and I'm humble and I'm easy to please. We spend too much time trying to please man where man has nothing for us. It's always temporary. But Jesus said, if you come to me, I'm easy and I'm gentle and I'm humble. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. I often say that my spirit is willing, but sometimes my flesh is weak. And that's when we empower ourselves with a greater knowledge and awareness of who Christ is. So if you have not received openly and publicly Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, your Master and your Redeemer, your Deliverer and your Healer, if you have not received him as such, we want to pray with and for you. Jesus said it out of his own mouth. I'm easy and I'm humble and I'm gentle. And all that I require of you is pleasant and easy to do. Or perhaps you have. You've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. But you know that you started trusting in stuff that was contrary to Jesus. We've all been there. I know I've been there. Listen. God is not the God of a second chance. He's not. He's the God of another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance, and another chance. So I don't care how bad your mistakes were, beloved. I don't care how bad it looks, beloved. He says, I'm forever married to you, and I ain't going nowhere. So come back to me, and let me show you how great my redemption is. If any of those two invitations apply to you, if you're online, listen. This is your chance to get in on prayer. This is your opportunity to press reset. I just got a, 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 a software update from my a provider for my phone. This is a time for you to just get updated in your relationship with Christ because you're became, becoming saved and born again, or you're rededicating your life, amen. If that's any of you, if you're online, please follow the instructions that you see at the bottom of your screen. You can text GET CONNECTED to 94090. But guess what? If you're here in the sanctuary, you can text that too, but we prefer that you lift your hand up in the air so that we could get a gift to you. We have a gift for you online, but we also have a gift for you in this sanctuary. If you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or perhaps you have, but you know that you've made, you went a different way and you want to recommit your life to Jesus. If that's anyone here, please lift your hand because I never want to take that for granted. Praise God. Well, everyone in the house is born again, but you out there, I know there are people that are saying, I believe in God, but I don't know that I'm saved. I can't open up the Bible and show you the promise of my salvation. I made mistakes, and I doubted that he would love me enough to restore me. God never stopped loving you. He never went anywhere. He's just been waiting on you, baby girl. He's been waiting on you, baby boy. 
We have people right there. If you would, if there's anybody um, that's online right now, if you would, just place your heart, hand over your heart and let's repeat this prayer over me, uh, after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus... Jesus is the Son of God. Is the Son of God. I believe that He died for my sins. I believe that He died for my and He resurrected. And he resurrected. Giving me new life. Giving me new life. In Him. In Him. Jesus. Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I receive you now. I receive you. Now. I believe in my heart. I believe in my. And heart. I confess with my mouth. And I confess with that my Jesus mouth. is Lord. That Jesus is Lord. Master. Master. And Savior. And Savior. And I am glad about it. And I am glad about hallelujah. it. Hallelujah in Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. So be reminded if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart take your next step it would do god in heaven it would do their hearts so good so much good and it'll do our hearts a whole lot of good too we got a gift we want to get in your hand just text get connected to 94090 we'll follow up with you and mail you out that gift immediately we can't get the gift to you if you don't text get connected to 94090 so if you prayed that prayer sincerely take your next step. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.